Welcome to Sustainable Goal Getters. I'm Thomas Arblaster. In this sixth episode, we are taking a look at Sustainable Development Goal 6, Clean Water and Sanitation. You will hear from two experts, each active in the Netherlands to contribute to achieving this goal. Here with us is Professor Luc Rietveld, who is Professor of Drinking Water and Urban Water Cycle Technology at the Civil Engineering and Geosciences Faculty of TU Delft. And our other guest is Annette Ottolini, who is the Managing Director of Water Company Evides. Thank you both for being here today. Annette Ottolini, welcome. Uh, could you start by introducing yourself? Yeah, thank you very much for inviting me. Uh, my name is Annette Ottolini. As you just mentioned, I'm a Managing Director of Evides Water Company. We uh, deliver drinking water to 2.5 million people in the southwest of the Netherlands. So that's uh, southwest of the province of South Holland, uh, a part of uh, uh, Brabant and the whole of uh, Zeeland. And besides that, uh, we also uh, deliver all kinds of uh, water to the industry. We treat uh, wastewater, we deliver uh, processed water and we uh, deliver demi uh, water to, uh, to the industry. So you do deal with uh, different types of water. The demi water, what should I imagine with that? Uh, demi water, that's where all uh, particles uh, in the water are taken out. So you really have only uh, uh, H2O you have uh, there. And uh, that's uh, very important, for instance, uh, uh, for some kinds of industries who, who need uh, very pure water, as we call it. And of course, you can't drink it, but uh, we call it uh, the most pure water there is. And that means that we are in the Evides, we have uh, two business units. One is delivering the drinking water and the other one is delivering all kinds of services to the industry. Could you give an idea of how many customers you have then as a company? Well, we have 2.5 million uh, customers uh, where we, to who we deliver uh, drinking water. And we have, uh, well, 100 uh, companies where we deliver our uh, industry water uh, services. And that's also international, so we deliver uh, our services in Belgium, in Germany. Now let's go over to Professor Luc Rietveld. Uh, welcome, please introduce yourself. Yeah, you already introduced uh, me, thank you. Uh, but uh, yeah, my, my job is in fact uh, doing research, uh, mainly on, uh, on all type of uh, water treatment systems, water supply systems. About, apart from the, the research, we also do a lot of teaching, of course. Uh, we have... Uh, uh, many students, uh, master students, about in our department, about 100 master students per year. And we have PhD students, more or less 100 uh, PhD students total as well. So we do all type of uh, research together with them, but we also uh, educate them uh, until engineers that can then afterwards, uh, for example, work at the Vides uh, Water Company. Yeah? So, uh, And uh, apart from that, I'm also uh, the manager of the water management department. And uh, yeah, there I have to do all type of HR and uh, financial uh, budget things. So uh, I'm also the manager of the department. Yeah, that is, uh, I think, uh, the main uh, thing, uh, what we do. But uh, yeah, in, in general, water management at the moment is very important as well. Uh, many students uh, from abroad, from uh, all, all countries, they come to the Netherlands, to Delft, also to uh, to study here because yeah, uh, water management of the Netherlands is, is known worldwide. Okay, so something you hinted at, I think, is uh, that there's a relationship already between TU Delft and Evides. 
Could you elaborate on that? Yeah, for example, uh, we have uh, students, eh, bachelor students, master students, they want to, want to do an internship, for example, and uh, if it has all type of uh, possibilities uh, for these internships. But also, uh, we do research together, for example, uh, there are all type of projects, European projects, but also national projects, uh, where our research is linked to what industry does, eh, because we cannot do uh, only scientific Research, we have to do also research that is practical. And then we need yeah, collaboration with uh, with the market. For example, we now have uh, a project, a European project called Zerobrine. And that's also linked to the DEMI, yeah, the demineralized uh, water uh, supply of uh, Evides. Because uh, what you have, if you demineralize water, then you, uh, you stay with a brine, a very concentrated, salty, Brian, and what do you do with that? Eh? And we have then a project together to see how we can treat that brine and maybe recover also important salts, magnesium salts or sulfates. And uh, yeah, maybe you can use that then, uh, sell that again on the market. So this, this type of uh, projects we do together. And of course, uh, yeah, students that are graduated from our university, they can maybe find a job at Tifidis as well. Do you have anything to add to that on that? No, I, we are very happy with TU Delft uh, because, uh, as Luc mentioned, we collaborate uh, in very many ways. We really think, and that's also in our vision, uh, that we want uh, we are an innovative uh, water company uh, and therefore you need uh, research. And therefore we are very happy with all kinds of uh, research we do together. And uh, so that's, that's well, for us, it is very important. Our uh, innovation, research are important themes. And I think that the only way that you can really act and act in a, in a good way and also in a sustainable way is uh, that you do a lot of research uh, within your company, but with a, a lot of partners as well. So not only the TU Delft, but we also do it with Wetsus. We also do it with uh, Wageningen, the, the WUR. Uh, we also uh, have uh, uh, professors in uh, in Ghent, the University of Ghent. We we have, so we work closely together with all kinds uh, scientific institutes, and we also, uh, of course, have our own uh, scientific institute as drinking water companies, this KWR in uh, Nieuwegein, and there also a lot of uh, uh, research is done. So. Well, it's necessary. It's not that uh, everything, when you open the tap, the water comes out. And that's a, it's an easy process, especially because we're in the Netherlands. We are based, of course, in a delta. All the rivers come through Europe to the, to the delta. And they're making uh, drinking water from surface water. That's really a, a top job. That's, uh, that, that costs a lot of uh, resources and a, a lot of technology and a lot of brains. And therefore, we are very happy uh, with the cooperation with the TU Delft. Yeah, to add to this, uh, uh, we always find new pollutions. Uh, and uh, because on the one hand, there is uh, more and more pollution of the of water sources, but also we have more and more technologies where we can detect these uh, pollutions. And then uh, we come to the conclusion that maybe the standards should go lower. Uh, one of the examples is, for example, the PFAS uh, discussion. And now it is uh, more, more and more accepted that the concentrations that we allowed in the past were too high. So now we have to go uh, down. And then we see that uh, in our sources, the concentration is too high and we have to find new 
treatment options to uh, remove this uh, these compounds to make always safe drinking water because that's the most important thing yeah. eh, that people uh, accept the quality of the water and that they drink it directly from the tap. Well, at this moment, uh, our uh, drinking water is uh, completely safe. Uh, and uh, But as uh, uh, Luc, as you mentioned, uh, a lot of yeah, other substances come into the uh, environment. And therefore, we as drinking water companies, we say you shouldn't allow these substances to come in the environment. You should stop them at, uh, at the source. Yeah, so, uh, for instance, uh, PFAS, you mentioned that. We think that uh, it should be uh, forbidden for industries to use it because it's uh, persistent, it's very persistent. And that means that it's not only it, it is in, in the water, but also in the air. Uh, so it is also in your day-to-day, uh, uh, -day, uh, what you eat, uh, what you breathe, etc., etc. So we think that uh, sh you should uh, ban that. As drinking water companies, just as Luke mentioned, you measure a lot also on, on the nanograms already. Uh, so very, very, very small particles. And that means that we as drinking water companies for uh, most of the time, we see, we see already very, very early that something is happening in the environment. And therefore uh, we call ourselves a kind of whistleblower more or less. Uh, uh, and, and we say, okay, this is not okay. Uh, so you should do something about it. Just especially because we measure so much. Yeah. And uh, so that's really uh, our role. And uh, I think that's uh, very important because yeah, drinking water is very important. It's a, it's a life source and therefore you should uh, ban, ban these uh, forever chemicals. Yeah, a, a question I had that we're already kind of answering now because we're talking about SDG6 today, about uh, clean water and sanitation. Um, but what are the most significant impacts that water cycles, drinking water, sanitation, that that has on the environment, on sustainability? So already talking about... Um, Persistence chemicals now? Are yeah. there any other effects? Or well, now maybe to add to this, uh, first of all, uh, what is important when you talk about uh, SDG 6 is that that we have to avoid pollution. Uh, and the most uh, severe pollution is when you don't treat your wastewater and then you discharge all type of bacteria, viruses, protozoa into the environment. Because when people then use that water, they get ill. So that is something that we already uh, do s since the 80s. Eh? We treat our wastewater, etc. The second one is that we want to avoid nutrients in the in the sources because if we have too many nutrients, then we have all type of algae growth and algae blooms, and you want to avoid that as well. But now we are already in the phase that we also want to remove the persistent chemicals, the, the pesticides, etc., because we see that they accumulate into the into the environment, and yeah, we cannot uh, treat them anymore. So if we have an, uh, a very bad sources, we it is more difficult to make a good drinking water out of it. And if we cannot do that, then people prefer to drink bottled water. And then eh, we all know what happens with bottled water. There's a lot of plastics involved. It's very expensive. So uh, at the end of the day, eh, when you don't invest in sanitation and drinking water, at the end, you pay more eh, in terms of environmental pollution, but also in terms of cost to, uh, to mitigate the whole thing. So that's, the yeah, I think, the indirect uh, relation with sustainability. Well, this was, a, of course, a nice lecture, uh, Luke. <laughs> I can't add anything, of course. So. 
The nice thing is, of course, that water in itself behaves uh, in a cycle. Yeah? So it, it's raining, it, it comes in the surface water, we'll, we make uh, drinking water out of it, then you pee it out, and uh, or, the, or via the washing machines or whatsoever, it comes to uh, a wastewater treatment uh, installation, and then it uh, is ditch, discharged again uh, in, the, in the surface water. So therefore, because it is such a cycle, uh, you should treat it uh, in a very good way. And therefore, it's important that uh, the sources are yeah, of a good quality. And that's, of course, at, at the moment, uh, a big problem in, in the Netherlands. And therefore, we are very happy with the attention to all these uh, particles because we think you should do something uh, at the beginning, just like uh, Luke uh, was uh, mentioning. So that's, uh, that's key. Um, so how is the quality of uh, Dutch drinking water actually compared to other countries? Perfect. Uh, but I have to look to Luke. Uh, yeah, you can, uh, nah, I if, think you, if you yeah. compare that to the, the rest of the world, eh, uh, the Netherlands has one of the best water qualities, eh, the drinking water qualities in the world. And that has to do with the fact that uh, we have good sources eh, still. Yeah. Uh, for example, two-thirds of our water comes from uh, groundwater and uh, one-third is uh, from uh, service water. But then we have very extensive treatment. Eh? We pre-treat it and post-treat it. And sometimes we even infiltrate it in the dune areas for 90 days, etc. So we have a very extensive treatment. And then, yeah, what Annette already is saying, eh, the monitoring and the control of our, our very high qualified uh, operators is such that there is no leakage and there is no infiltration during, uh, during distribution. So the water uh, is uh, kept very safe. So at the end, yeah, the drinking, uh, the, the quality of the drinking water is uh, very good. It is very good uh, monitored and the, the quality standards are higher than uh, water from, uh, from bottled water. So at the end, yeah, the quality is, uh, is perfect. So when you, for example, want to invest in filters eh, at your home because you don't think it is, it is good enough, then uh, think twice because uh, what you do with your filters you deteriorate the quality of the water and you invest money for nothing. So uh, drink it directly from the tap and then there's no problem. Okay. And that's interesting eh? because uh, maybe to add on this, because we can drink it from the tap directly, we only use 125 liters per person per day, eh? 120, 125 liters per person per day. If you calculate how much that is per day, it is 18 cents per person per day that we uh, invest in, in drinking water and we can do everything with it. Eh? Flush the toilet, sprinkle our gardens, not too much, but cleaning, etc., etc. Only 18 cents per person per day. And uh, if you uh, compare that with, for example, buying a bottle of mineral water or something, that's much more expensive and then you only have one liter. And, and in many countries, in, in developing countries, etc., Maybe there the price is lower yeah, for, for, the, for the drinking water, but then they cannot drink it. So you have a type of paradox. Eh? The less you invest in drinking water and sanitation, the more expensive it is for the population. Well, and I, and I think uh, to add on that, uh, we also uh, in the Netherlands, we try to uh, convince people to use as less as water possible. Uh, for instance, if you uh, want to drip your garden or whatsoever, then don't use uh, the drinking water, but uh, use some of the uh, the rainwater, uh, which is falling as well. 
So we have now uh, an extensive uh, program uh, within the water companies to give all kinds of tips to uh, people to use less uh, drinking water. And that's uh, successful. And uh, I think that also uh, the industry is nowadays uh, very aware of their responsibility as well. For instance, we have with uh, Avidis Industry Water, we have a very nice project with Dow uh, Dow Chemicals in Terneuze, where they already have 75% of the water they use is al- already recycled water. And they're aiming now at 100% recycling the water. And we are helping with them with uh, all kinds of uh, new concepts. So that's, that's very good. So then they lower their uh, footprint for water as well. So th- there are, are, are many uh, ways we try to uh, convince people. And I think that the agriculture could uh, play a role there as well. And because the agriculture, uh, during sunny days, you see that they have, uh, have a pump and they are uh, spraying the, the, the water over the, over the field. Well, most of the time, 80% of the water is evaporating already uh, before it, uh, it comes to the soil. So if you have all kinds of new dripping techniques, uh, which you can use of, how do you call that, uh, infiltration techniques, then that will also uh, cost less uh, water. Uh, and that's something new for us, of course, in the Netherlands. We had very extensive droughts, of course, in 18, 19 and 2020. And everybody, uh, especially the, the water boards in the Netherlands. So the water boards, they were invented uh, to uh, discharge as much water as possible to keep our feet dry. But now it's another ball game, and that is to contain the water in uh, in the Netherlands. And that means that we are working uh, together uh, as drinking water companies with the, with the water boards to a water transition, as we call it. And we uh, also said to the politicians in The Hague, please help us to be able to construct such a process or such an ecosystem that we really can retain the water instead of uh, discharge the water. So that's another ball game. That's very nice, I think. And especially if you talk about sustainability, then it's, of course, much better to keep the water here instead of pumping out the water. And then you have a shortage of water and then you should make uh, drinking water, for instance, uh, out of seawater, which is, of course, have a big, big footprint as well from a chemical point of view. A lot of chemicals, but a lot of energy as well. Yeah, energy as well. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Maybe it's an interesting discussion eh? because uh, we all talk sometimes about domestic water. But that's only part of the game. Eh? We only, uh, I think, in the Netherlands, only twenty percent of our fresh water uh, yeah. use is domestic, and the yeah. rest is irrigation industry. So when we uh, when we talk about uh, water use efficiency, then maybe we should uh, focus more on uh, agriculture and industry, and see how we can uh, improve that. Yeah, and then there's an in- interesting discussion as well because. We, we said that uh, directly we use what, 125 liters per person per day uh, for the domestic uses. But in fact, a person uses 3,000 liters per person per day. Because uh, indirectly, we're also consuming water because of our clothes, because of eating uh, food and especially meat. Uh, so if we really want to reduce the impact on the water sources, then we should also change our consumption pattern. Uh, we should think of how to uh, decrease the, the, the amount of water used in industry, but also we, sh- we should see uh, whether we can reduce, for example, our meat consumption uh, and animal products, because two-thirds of the farming areas in the world are linked to cattle breeding. 
and uh, for fodder, etc., etc. So if we really want to see it in the global in the global perspective, then we should not only look at domestic uh, water cycle, but we should also look at food production and other industries. Yeah, because uh, sub goal 6.4 of SDG 6 then is to substantially increase uh, the efficiency of water use across all sectors. So then what I'm wondering is how how are we doing in the Netherlands? Are we increasing our water usage? Is it already going down? Uh, and what kind of risks are we facing at the moment if we don't improve this efficiency? Yeah, what Annette already said, eh, on the one hand, uh, yeah, we have an increasing population. We have an, uh, an increasing uh, wealth as well. Eh? So uh, people nowadays, they want to have their own swimming pool in the, in the garden. So there's a slight increase at the moment of, of water use and domestic water use. But on the other hand, what, what is uh, more and more the situation that we have to find uh, solutions for, for example, the industry water. And what Annette talked about, Dow Chemical, that is a very good example. So there are initiatives, but I think in the in the future, that should be more or less standard. Yeah? So that you reuse, for example, we call that water cascading. Yeah? So that you first use it for domestic, then you treat it, and then you use it for industry. And sometimes you can even treat it and then use it for agriculture. So in this way, you have a type of cascading and use it three times in, instead of only once. So that is, uh, that is the way uh, to go. And especially in cases where we now are, that, uh, that we have uh, dry summers. But it's not only that we have dry summers. We also have increased population and uh, yeah, uh, increased uh, use of water also for agriculture, etc. Yeah, we really have our vision is that uh, for the industries, we say uh, water without waste. And our aim is really to uh, that all the industries are going to use secondhand water, to, to put it in that way, so that you have a minimum uh, exposure on, on the sources uh, from the industries. And I think, well, they are taking their responsibility for it. And what Luc already uh, mentioned, of course, uh, in the Netherlands, uh, we do see a, a slight increase. With all the in initiatives we take as uh, drinking water companies, that are, uh, people are more aware of the fact what they can do th themselves. Uh, so we, we uh, see there is, a, is a, a good response from the public. We also uh, see that customers give one another uh, tips about how to use uh, less water. So it's also very nice. People take the responsibility. And uh, so, well, I'm optimistic because with all these trends, with, on one hand, uh, uh, the customers who take the responsibilities, the industry as well, and I think if the agriculture also uh, are going to take their responsibility, then I think that uh, we will be uh, safe uh, for uh, the coming years with regard to, to water usage. But you see, uh, we also work, uh, as Avidus, we work uh, international. We have, uh, uh, together with five uh, other water uh, drinking water companies in the Netherlands, we also work in uh, 21 countries all over the world, especially with the SDG 6, with the water and sanitation, especially in areas uh, where people don't have access to drinking water. And uh, through a water operating partnership with those uh, uh, countries, we try to uh, bring them some knowledge from the Netherlands. But we don't bring them as a kind of consultant, but uh, our own people uh, work together with their colleagues from those uh, companies. And then on a peer-to-peer -peer basis, we work together. 
and uh, we have big impact. Perhaps you can tell a little bit. Uh, Mozambique, for instance, is a, a country where we work. You are very familiar, of course, with yeah. uh, all the work in Mozambique. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that it's very uh, useful because uh, what you, for example, see in Mozambique is one of the poorest countries in the world. They have a lot of problems with water supply yeah, in this case. And uh, the main problems, for example, are that they don't get the money from, from the customers to pay the operations because all type of administrative problems, etc., etc., And that is one of the things eh, that you do with the water operation partnership, that you are going to set up a better billing system, etc., so that you have money to reinvest. And then you can continue by seeing how you can avoid leakages and water losses. And then you can get more value from your, uh, from your distributed water. And then gradually the company increases in power and then uh, also the operations go, uh, go better. So I think uh, this is very uh, worthwhile because, uh, yeah, that is something what happens uh, mainly in uh, developing countries is that there's a, that's a huge knowledge gap. Uh, the engineers are not well trained and also the, the managers, they have, especially uh, in the smaller towns, they are not uh, well trained. And the, the, the third thing is that they have problems with the finances. Yeah? The water is too cheap. And, and what I already said in the beginning, when the water is too cheap, then at the end of the day, you don't have money to make good drinking water. And then people don't want to pay for that. And then you are in a vicious circle. So when you want to break this vicious circle, you have to start with educating the people, not only at universities, but also on the ground. And that yeah. is uh, something what Vitens Evidus International, FA, is... Uh, is the yeah, one. but yeah. now not only Vitens and Evidus, but also drinking water company uh, Groningen, Limburg, uh, Brabant Water, and also from the PWN. From, uh, PWN yeah. yeah, they are joining FA as well. And especially, and that's very also very motivating for our employees as well, all our colleagues, because via the technical assistance and capacity building, it's really peer-to-peer. -peer. So people f from us, they go there and they work together with uh, the people over there. Uh, we do have, for instance, uh, management trainees also in uh, Avidas. And uh, there are three years, they, are, they have a management uh, t a traineeship uh, at Avidas. And a half year of that, uh, six months, they go abroad and are going to work on such a project uh, wherever in the world. So in, in the, these two, in 21 uh, countries, and especially because uh, they can work there for a longer time, they have a, a kind of impact, which is, of course, well, very uh, intensive. And, uh, and so and they, they like it very much. Yeah, People are very happy. The management trainees are very happy when they go over And they can bring some of their knowledge over and work together with the people over there in the in the enterprises. Yeah, and these are all positive signs eh, that we work hard. But one thing uh, I want to add again is that the consumption pattern that we have at the moment eh, that is uh, a deteriorating uh, nature uh, worldwide. Eh? We don't see that in the Netherlands, eh, but for example, the rainforest in Brazil eh, are uh, are vanishing because of our our consumption pattern eh? and uh, pollution in Bangladesh is uh, all because of our, uh, we want to have cheap clothes. So it's water is not only the direct drinking, but it is all, also the indirect consumption and it's all linked to water. 
And yeah, we should be more aware of that because yeah, we can maybe save five liters per person per day on uh, direct water consumption. But yeah, if we eat too much meat and we buy too much cheap cloth, then at the end we use much more water and we pollute much more water indirectly. I do agree. I think you have to look from a, a global perspective and then uh, you see in the whole system, you see uh, so many signs which are on red now and uh, we should really uh, act if we want to keep this world alive and safe for everybody. Yeah, no, that's yeah. true. That's, yeah. uh, that's a big problem. Yeah, and, and, and the Netherlands can, can contribute because we are a front runner huh, when it comes to water management, etc. Uh, we have a lot of technologies in our country. The water treatment has a high level, so we can, we can contribute to that. And coming to, let's say, a type of circular economy, eh? at the end of the day, we want to have a system where we live in harmony with nature and not only in the Netherlands, but worldwide, that we recycle the water, that we recycle our uh, nutrients, that we recycle our raw materials, that we don't mine eh, too much because, yeah, the world is just small and uh, we are with many at the moment. So if we really want to have a positive future, and that's for the young people especially important, eh, then uh, there should be a drastic change. And in the Netherlands, we're doing rather well, but uh, we should have also the responsibility to, uh, to take more action uh, worldwide. Yeah. There's a, there's a call for action yeah, for our listeners. There's a call for action, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that is interesting. For example, uh, in our department, we are now developing a program where we say, okay, let's try to switch our research a little bit more to yeah, the global south and especially to sub-Saharan Africa where there is a huge need for innovative uh, technologies because there the water scarcity is very high, the population growth is very high, and when we don't do anything, then, uh, yeah, they all come to the north, and uh, then we have a problem as well in Europe, I think. Mm. Because, of course, SDG 6 is to have worldwide safe and affordable drinking water. Um, so how much have you progressed towards that goal? Because from what I hear you say, we're definitely not there yet. No, we're definitely not there yet. Eh? And uh, we want to have it in 2030. That's only exactly. nine years from yeah. now. And there should be a lot more investments. Eh? And not only in, in financially, but also in terms of yeah, knowledge. Yeah, I think eh, that the good thing is that many private donors, eh, they also see it now that, that it is really important to invest in the areas, especially in sub-Saharan Africa, because if we don't do anything, then yeah, whole countries are going to be on the move. Eh? And, uh, and that's a worldwide problem as well. And we are also dependent on that countries eh? when it comes to raw materials or, or other things. So I think, yeah, there's much to do. Therefore, I think the EU is also very important that you should work together from European perspective with those areas. And I think that most of the people really like to live there where they were born. So if people are going on the run, something is really, really, really uh, bad and, and the system is not working. So I think we should uh, really help uh, people with uh, fixing the system. And water is so elementary that uh, we really should uh, start there. And especially what you already mentioned, Luke, it's not only 
the usage of water, but the total system. And I think therefore from the Netherlands, uh, we owe uh, to the world that we really put our brains also in those areas and try to fix it with the people over there. And uh, I, I think that we can make a, a big steps there. So I, I would really like to challenge all the students uh, to participate also in, in that big movement. And not only uh, with our small, small, small country, but especially to broaden your view and to uh, look into the world. And uh, I think we, we can, together with uh, the people living there, we can make a difference. And it all starts with paying the right price, eh? <laughs> That's, uh, I think, also the, the the situation because we want to have everything very cheap, and then what you do is that you don't pay the right price to the people that produce the raw materials, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and yeah. then they don't have money to pay for the water, and then the system is not working well. So if we start to uh, change our governance structures, not only nationally but uh, also internationally, then things can uh, move forward. Yeah. And that's not an easy uh, task, and that, that's why economists should be in as well eh, to to see how you how you can uh, value the water better than that it now is. Yeah, and also I think uh, social sciences uh, should be involved as well because uh, as as engineers we like problems, we like to fix them, but it has a lot to do uh, with the the whole system as such, in which economic aspects but also social aspects play a big big role. Okay, so we've been talking about global perspectives for a while now, uh, but something I want to come back to is the Netherlands, because we talked about circular economy and living in harmony with nature. Um, what does that looking like in the Netherlands at the moment? For example, the Netherlands has a lot of important bird areas, a lot of uh, water-related ecosystems. Uh, what are the challenges we're facing in the Netherlands in protecting nature? Because we live in a delta, our ecosystem is very fragile. You have to be really careful because in a system there's always a kind of balance and most of the time a system is very resilient. But I think that at the moment we are living in a time where this resilience of the system we were living is very fragile. So we should be aware where the triggers are, what we can do about it. Yes, we should take action. And I think that especially if you look to the climate situation at the moment and that the judge has to step forward for making things happen, that's, that's of course a very bad sign. I think that politicians uh, should take the responsibility. So they should also co-create with not only the politicians, but also with the knowledge institutes and also with the industries. They have to make a plan about the nitrogen. They've done that now eh, with a, a large coalition. And I think that only with coalitions you can uh, face the challenges of uh, tomorrow. Yeah. And then to add, uh, once again, I think uh, in terms of treatment, I think uh, when it comes to water, we know uh, what are the problems and we, we can invest in better water treatment to have a better water quality. And that's also good for the environment. I think in terms of nitrogen, we can also find technical solutions. That's good. But there's also a fundamental uh, problem, of course. We have many people in the Netherlands. Eh? We are living with many and the population is growing. Eh? And and then in the meantime, we, we've seen with the corona crisis that people also want to have more and more recreation areas and uh, forests, etc., where, where they can hike or whatsoever. When you talk about in harmony with nature, I think the amount of nature should uh, increase drastically. Yeah? With the increasing population, you should also increase your nature instead of decreasing the amount of nature. And uh, yeah, then you have this problem that 
that uh, yeah we don't have a lot of space and uh, yeah where where should we get this nature uh, and and yeah another issue is of course that we have we have a very large farming space and uh, yeah we are an, uh, an exporting country when it comes to meat etc so i think we should do something about it as well eh, to see how we can decrease the amount of farming areas and increase the amount of nature. And I think there are already small steps taken, but it should be bigger as well. And uh, when it comes to industry, yeah, and I think uh, Annette already said that, uh, that there is more and more awareness that we should make industrial areas that are more symbiotic, they call it, eh? that there is no waste produced, but the waste that is produced is reused in other industries. So we nowadays also see that, for example, the heat that is produced in uh, in the industrial areas can be reused for heating houses. So living more in uh, symbiosis also with industry, which looks a little bit strange, but that is also something that uh, that is uh, important. And yeah, these steps are taken as well. Mm. Something I've heard of is uh, closing the water cycle. Is that kind of this uh, symbiosis that you mean? Yeah, yeah. I think that's exactly uh, the right word, that you close the, uh, the water cycle. And that means that, for instance, uh, with Avidus in Industry Water, we treat wastewater and treat it in such a way that it can be used again uh, by the industry. But we also take out all kinds of nitrogens because what for one is waste, the other uh, can be a kind of building block. So we also use there all kinds of nutrients we take out and we also uh, use that for all kinds of other applications. So that's nice. And uh, you see that, for instance, in the uh, Rotterdam area, where we have a, a, a system uh, where we have a, a central wastewater treatment uh, plant we built uh, recently. And all kinds of industries, they discharge their wastewater and they are using uh, the nutrients as building blocks again. They use each other heats. And so you, you see there is a kind of interconnections with these uh, companies uh, within these uh, industries. And that makes that you have a kind of a system in itself there, uh, which is totally, uh, well, cycled. Everything is cycled. Yeah, and, and uh, the, the interesting thing is then that you have to... Uh, change your ideas about water treatment. Hey, in the past, water treatment was to avoid pollution. Nowadays, water treatment is to increase recovery. So you have other types of approaches that you can think of to recover what you said, the nutrients, to recover maybe the humic acids, the, the organic material, but even uh, nowadays, Toilet paper is recovered eh? and uh, you can use the cellulose for all types of other applications. So uh, you, you try to get out heat, but maybe also uh, biogas eh? uh, from, uh, from, from, from digesters. And that biogas can then be used uh, to drive a car, for example. Eh? So if you recover all these uh, type of elements, then uh, yeah, there is, uh, uh, I won't say zero discharge, but uh, it's close to zero discharge. And that is, of course, the idea. Because uh, if you want to uh, live in a balanced world, then uh, yeah, the water that you take out should have the same quality when you discharge it. Because if not, then there is a net increase in pollution and you don't want that. So Luke, what, what are some projects that you're working on right now? And where would you send listeners who want to learn more? Yeah, we have uh, several projects and one of the things is, for example, working on a new type of uh, membranes uh, where we try to mainly treat the, yeah, the heavy wastewater 
uh, until acceptable standards. And uh, also by having this uh, yeah, type of leapfrogging, uh, uh, changing our philosophy by treating wastewater and then discharging, but more focused on reuse and uh, reclamation, as we call it. And uh, then you maybe need other type of uh, membranes, and we're working on uh, that. It's called ceramic membranes. That's one thing. And another thing is that we're working on uh, the absorption of these micropollutants. And, uh, yeah, the traditional way is uh, to do it with uh, activated carbon. Yeah, that's working well, but it's rather expensive and uh, it has some setbacks. And we are now studying if we can uh, use other type of absorbents like uh, zeolites, which uh, can be regenerated in another way. So this type of, uh, of research we are, we are doing. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, a small part. Uh, and uh, what uh, Annette already said, uh, there are other researchers in, in, at KWR, at other universities, but all, all take uh, their own role in, uh, in, in doing uh, technology development. And uh, yeah, in, in our department, we are further uh, also uh, working on, uh, on wastewater treatment developments, uh, membranes, but also anaerobic uh, treatment and, and also advanced treatment of drinking water because we see nowadays also that all type of other pollutants like arsenic pop up uh, and then we have to do something on that. So you can find more information on sanitaryengineering.tudelft.nl. Okay, and on that for you, the same question. Uh, where should our listeners uh, go if they want to know more about Evides? Well, if you if you want to know more about Evides, of course, you can go to www.evides.nl. So you can, uh, we have a website there and you can uh, look it up. And um, so, uh, yeah, feel free. And I think that what Luke also mentioned is that we have... Uh, uh, programs uh, together so uh, if you uh, are interested in those programs uh, you can uh, take uh, contact with uh, Luke I think it's nice Luke that all the the, the programs you're mentioned and, and uh, we are working on that as well together with you and that means that it's not only done in, in a kind of uh, scientific way but also we try to uh, uh, applicate all the uh, the knowledge you are gathering, we try to applicate directly in our company as well. So we have a, uh, so we have a very intense uh, relations and therefore it was nice to, to have this with, uh, to, to be in this podcast together with Luke. Thank you both so much for being here today. Our gratitude goes out to Professor Luke Rietveld and to Annette Ottolini for being our guest this episode. Anything you want to know about TUDELF's projects, you can find at sanitaryengineering.tudelft.nl and more about Evides can be found at evides.nl. You can also find those links in this episode's digital companion. If you want to contact us with questions or suggestions, you can do so through Instagram, where we are at Sustainable Goal Getters. This has been the last episode of our series. You won't hear from us for a while, but maybe we'll be back someday soon for series two of Sustainable Goal Getters. Thank you so much for listening. Sustainable Goalgetters is a joint project by Green to You, Oras, and Isaac in Delft. We are recorded and edited by Joey Kleiner.